Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. He has Parliament Hill on speed dial, and they know when the phone rings, no comment is not an option. This is The Roy Green Show. Despite all of the commonality between the three of us, we continue to disagree on the question of moving diluted bitumen from Alberta to uh, the port of Vancouver. The federal government, along with the province of Alberta, have, have commenced uh, very significant uh, conversations with Kinder Morgan around uh, the financial arrangements that will make sure that it gets done. Interpretation, you and I will end up owning Trans Mountain Pipeline. That's the interpretation. Now, we spoke yesterday with Scott Moe, the Premier of Saskatchewan, and the Premier gave us some really significant information. I want you to listen to this clip. We'll play back the interview in its entirety later on in the show. But have a listen to Premier Moe speaking about the Premier of British Columbia. The Premier of British Columbia has has no grounds to be making comments uh, on this on the, on this uh, on the approval of this project. It's been approved and they and it should be built. Now he also said that if Alberta passes legislation to not provide energy to British Columbia, then Saskatchewan will write legislation and pass complementary legislation to that written by Alberta. We also spoke to the Premier about this country and what it's all about. Listen to this. Our nation was built on the construction of some of these projects, and they've been very unifying projects for the nation of Canada. If a province such as British Columbia is able to stop one of these projects, it begs the question is, do we, do we still have a nation? There's the Premier of Saskatchewan. Do we still have a nation? If the province of British Columbia has the ability to stop a project like Trans Mountain Pipeline, do we still have a nation? So a lot of talk about unhappiness in Western Canada with the Confederation. But when you have the Premier asking the question, the Premier of Saskatchewan asking the question, do we still have a nation if British Columbia can stop the building of the Trans Mountain Pipeline, you have quite the quote. Joining me is my great friend and chorus colleague, Charles Adler, who speaks to you on uh, chorus radio stations across Canada in evenings and joins us from uh, Vancouver. Quite a statement from uh, Premier Scott Moe, Charles. Do we have a country? Do we have a nation? Uh, Sounds like he's auditioning for a talk show. Well, uh, are you giving anything up? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Talk show hosts always ask questions like that and always gets the the phones to ring. But uh, we we, we have a nation, you know. I mean, I'm not going to start um, doing the, the sky is falling routine. We, we obviously have a nation. Uh, we've always had arguments. Uh, you know, this isn't the first time we've had an argument, and I, I'm just not going to, you know, do the hysterical, do we really have a nation here? <laughs> do we have a nation? I'm sorry, uh, with all due respect to Saskatchewan's premier, I'm not, go- I'm not going there. Okay, yes, so, so what, 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 you live in Vancouver. What is the sense that you have 
about what's happening with the Trans Mountain Pipeline issue from BC's perspective, and what about the rest of the of the West? You speak to Western Canada every evening. What are you hearing? Yeah, well, you have about thirty percent of uh, BC that's uh, hardcore on on Horgan's side on this. He's got no political downside with uh, with BC until the prices get jacked up. That is, if the nightmare scenario. Uh, happens and Alberta and Saskatchewan stop uh, shipping oil. But, you know, short of that happening, uh, Horgan is uh, doing what about uh, 30% of British Columbians want, and that's uh, what, you know, he wants. I mean, the, the he keeps talking about the coastline, so he's talking about people on, you know, Vancouver Island. I mean, he's uh, certainly representing their interests. He's representing much of uh, Metro Vancouver. Uh, they do see a, a disconnect between the environment and, and the economy, and uh, in their opinion, if you get uh, leaks and if you get spills, uh, you get uh, the destruction of the, the B.C. economy, and so they don't see it as advantageous uh, to have this. They see it as uh, too risky. So having said all of that, uh, you get 70% of the, uh, the province that's either totally indifferent to this or for it. And um, what will happen uh, down the road is, is obvious in today's news conference. You know, you've got uh, the Prime Minister who's agreeing to write an open-ended check to Kinder Morgan. Now, they can call it equity position. They can call it an investment. They can call it whatever they want. Uh, they're basically bribing uh, Kinder Morgan uh, to stay with this. They're asking Kinder Morgan, what's all this stalling costing you? And we'll just write the check to, uh, mm. to cover it up. In other words, uh, you know, the politics have been idiotic and they've been clumsy. And they've produced questions like, do we have a nation here? And uh, that's going to cost all of us a lot of money. Well, you know, that's an interesting question that Premier Mo posed, though. If you're looking, if Alberta were to cut off energy supplies to British Columbia, if Saskatchewan were to follow suit, then you have a really re- contentious problem uh, that, that could lead into a lead to a constitutional crisis. Because you know, at some point, Quebec's going to come into this as well. Yeah, but they're not, they're not going to cut it. Well, for one reason they're not going to cut it off is because somebody owns that oil, and uh, that's called. Uh, that's called oil companies. Oil companies want to sell the oil. Oil companies want to move the oil. That's the business they're in. They're not in the business of, you know, producing phone calls for talk shows or, or sound bites or, or, or news copy. I mean, they're in the business of selling oil. So they're not going to be insisting uh, to the uh, premier of B.C. or the premier of Saskatchewan that they gum that up. I mean, they're, the problem the oil companies have right now is that there's too much gumming up going on already. The, yeah. the solution to gumming things up is not gumming things up further. My friend, I see this is a little bit differently to you. Usually we see things eye to eye, but I see it somewhat differently. I think we have the potential for a real problem here, not only on this issue, it's significant and it's probably the core, but we have across the country, we have some real political challenges going on and people are at diverse uh, opinions in Ontario, in the West, I hear it all the time, you do as well. I think this has to be really settled and settled quickly. Unfortunately, the guy who's driving the bus doesn't have a license. Well, look, I, I don't... <laughs> I don't agree uh, with, with some of the things you're saying, Roy, but I, I do agree with this. I mean, we don't have a strong federal presence right now. Uh, we don't have a strong national government. I'm just not prepared to do this sort of Trumpian, the world is coming to an end. Uh, the world is not coming to an end. Uh, obviously, minds will be concentrated, and like always, when mistakes are made, people will pay. The people are called the taxpayers. That's what's going on here. Uh, well, they if, knew that if, coming in, right? We knew that Justin Trudeau yeah. was going to be saying what he said, that Rachel Notley would say, would say what she said, because yeah. it's going to be the uh, Canada, federally, and Alberta together. That's at least going to be the talking point, with Horgan being on the outside of things, and you and I will end up owning a pipeline. Well, no, we're not going to own anything. Sure we're we will. We're going to pay a fine. We're not going to own a damn thing. Sure we will. Just, just, just watch then. 
just watch what this discussion, watch what happens. We may own some shares. We're not going to own a pipeline. Kinder Morgan's not going to give us a pipeline, and Kinder Morgan's not going to sell us a pipeline unless we're prepared to pay a ridiculously outrageous price. And I don't even think the Trudeau government is willing to, to buy the damn pipeline. Now, if they do, uh, along with the Alberta government, buy the pipeline, <laughs> that will be outrageously expensive. Stand by. Like the, there's another one There's another one in the works as well. There's the Eagle Spirit Pipeline, which is being proposed uh, by Native groups, and that's a $16 billion pipeline that is all on Native land, so that's going to come into the equation as well. But right now it's Trans Mountain. It's a mess, and the guy who's, who's, who's ultimately responsible should have taken care of this before today. We knew what was going to happen when he flew back from Peru. We know what the announcement was going to be. It is going to be, Charles, I believe it's going to be Ottawa and Edmonton, and they will, if they're not majority owners, they'll be close to it. Well, then uh, we have another Ontario situation where we just go into uh, to massive debt, and it's at some point that people will, will change governments. But uh, the idea of uh, Alberta and, uh, and, and Canada just buying the, the, the pipeline outright is going to be an outrageously expensive proposition. It will be, yeah. My friend, it's always good speaking with you. we have a nation here? What? <laughs> I like that. Let's open the lines. Do we still have a nation? <laughs> Don't take We're my question away from me. You can use the clip tomorrow if you want. No. <laughs> Always good talking to you, brother. You bet. Charles Adler, Chorus Radio. He's one of the very best. We have a really significant issue here. The smiles don't really mean anything. Mr. Trudeau doesn't want pipelines. He doesn't like pipelines. He doesn't like the oil sands. He said so in Peterborough last year. And then he apologized for saying it. He actually said he misspoke. So there's one way out of this, and that is for the federal government at Alberta to assume a significant percentage, proportion, of ownership of the pipeline. They'll be partners with Kinder Morgan. So Charles and I will have a dollar on this, and one of us is going to win and one of us is going to lose. Send your dollar now, Charles. My number is 800-263-2428, 1-800-263-2428. When, play that Premier Mo clip for me again. The one, uh, number four, play that for me again, please, would you, Lisa? Our nation was built on the construction of some of these projects, and they've been very unifying projects for the nation of Canada. If a province such as British Columbia is able to stop one of these projects, it begs the question, Is do we, do we still have a nation? Do you remember all of the emotion and the talk after Energy East was stopped by one Denny Kadare, the former federal immigration minister, then mayor of Montreal. He sneered at uh, the rest of Canada, particularly Western Canada. And Energy East was not going to make it through Quebec. And the 83 suburban communities around Montreal were well, going to stand with Denny. So Energy East never happened. And that created a tremendous amount of national emotional fallback, fallout. Emotional fallout can lead to unprepared-for consequences. My number is 800-263-2428. When uh, the Premier of Saskatchewan asks the question, play it again. Let's just hear it again. Our nation was built on the construction of some of these projects, and they've been very unifying projects for the nation of Canada. If a province such as British Columbia is able to stop one of these projects... 
it begs the question is, do we do we still have a nation? And uh, Premier Mo pointed out that Saskatchewan loses $1.8 billion a year with uh, Trans Mountain not being extended. So we'll come back to for your calls across the country, 800-263-2428. Your view of Premier Mo's statement and uh, your view of my discussion with my brother Charles. We'll come back. One of the most respected and experienced broadcasters in the industry. This is The Roy Green Show. government, along with the province of Alberta, have, have commenced uh, very significant uh, conversations with Kinder Morgan around uh, the financial arrangements that will make sure that it gets done. Somebody sent me an email yesterday said, uh, Andrew Weaver is the most powerful politician in Canada, and why? That's a good question. Let's go to your calls at 800-263-2428. Are we potentially on the verge of a constitutional issue? And Premier Mo saying, asking the question, is, is this a nation? Legitimate question to ask. It's a legitimate question to ask. From his perspective as a premier, who wants to see that pipeline built? British Columbia doesn't have the constitutional right to stop it. The Premier of British Columbia wants to go to the, to the courts. Um, I'm not sure that he, he certainly can't overrule the federal government on that issue. And Mr. Trudeau won't make a decision unless it's with our money. And so you can bet Mr. Trudeau will spend our money. Ms. Notley will help him spend our money because her election is next. Well, after Ontario's. It all factors in. Dan is in Edmonton. How are you, Dan? I'm good, Roy. How are you? Good, sir. How are you doing? Go ahead, please. Um, a couple of things. First off, um, I don't see how the Canadian government or the Alberta government owning a financial position in this pipeline is going to get BC to change their mind. I don't think they really care who owns it or who has financial stake in it. They're, they're still going to block it. So the, the main problem, just because Alberta and, and Ottawa decide they want to put money into it, I don't see how that changes anything from these. It's, a, it's, an inter- it's an interesting point. Yeah, it's an interesting point. But I suppose this is the way they look at it. If they own it or if they own a percentage of it, significant percentage of it, they have more options than, uh, than, a, than a company based in Houston owning it. Gotcha. And then the, gotcha. I think Mr. Horgan said we're, uh, we're being uh, influenced or governments are being influenced by news releases out of, uh, out of Texas. And that's not the way it should be. It is an interesting point, but, you know, they, governments and politicians love to spend our money. And if they own a greater percentage of the pipeline or own a significant percentage of the pipeline, I think it gives them at least it gives them more options. It, it, it certainly gives them more op- options, for sure. But do we want to spend any more? Do, do we want to spend money? That's exactly, also that's the question. The problem. I think it's and, important, and it's important that, trans, that that pipeline be built. And the question is, uh, there's so many questions, but do we want to do we want to spend more of our money to get it done? Is it worth it? Worth the investment? I would say yes. If that's the only option, if that's the only option, for sure. I just don't like governments spending even no. more and more and more. But um, and I, I just wanted to make one other point further yeah. to uh, 
uh, Mr. Moe's comment about the, the nation. And I've been saying for quite some time, and I, I, I truly do believe this, that I believe all the nations of the world, really, that are geographically huge, like Canada is, um, are going to ultimately fracture. Because I don't see how you can possibly govern a country. And let's just take Canada, for example. And don't get me wrong, I'm a born and raised Canadian. You know, I've, I'm very proud of my country. But the fact of the matter is, you know, from someone sitting here in Edmonton, where I am, I mean, what do I really have in common with someone from Nova Scotia? Let's That's asked time and again, and it's a very relevant question. Think of the think of the constitutional crisis we've had in the last 38 years since the first Quebec referendum on sovereignty in 1980. It's been a series, and usually exactly. they've involved Quebec. This exactly. time, well, not yet, but they'll be there because they also have a stake in the oil uh, transferal business transferal from the Middle East to Canada, where it shouldn't be there. We shouldn't be getting oil from the Middle East anyway. We should be using our own oil. There is no reason in the world why Canada should be, not be energy self The reason we're having this discussion, and Dan, I thank you for the call, the reason we're having this discussion is because we have inept politicians or politicians who are not willing to do what they're entitled and empowered to do because they're looking at the political uh, fallout and uh, whatever the where where's the political gain? Where's the political loss? And they act accordingly. Bill is in Toronto. Hey, Bill. Hey, you're batting a thousand today. And uh, the last caller kind of stole my thunder a little bit, but it is absolutely about control. Let's face it, this pipeline's got to go through. And I think the Liberals, the NDP, they're all sitting there saying, "Well, you know what? Uh, we really don't want it, but if we got to have it, we may as well own it and control it. And I think they're making the best out of a bad situation for themselves. Yeah, you know, they've created the. They've had a lot to do with the creation of the bad situation. Uh, it, it it astounds me what what they're doing. We import oil from some of the worst places in the world in yeah. eastern Canada. We yeah. can let it go across the oceans. They can jeopardize the oceans. They can jeopardize the uh, Saint Lawrence bringing it in. But, boy, don't build a pipeline east. I think it's about time the adults grew up and took over Ottawa and built east and west. Thank you for the call, Bill. Energy East was the pipeline that we also needed, and it was stopped essentially by one individual. Or he was the spokesperson for the group that didn't want Energy East, he being Denny Kader. When Justin Trudeau met with Denny Kader, what came out of that? Nothing. The prime minister met with the mayor of Montreal. Nothing came out of it. There's no energy east. Prime Minister meets with Rachel Notley, meets with John Horgan. What's going to come out of that? We will end up spending money and considerable amounts of money. Don't believe me? Look at the debt provinces and this country are in. There's no aversion to spending huge amounts of money by any level of government in Canada. We'll come right back. Proudly Canadian and making Canada proud. This is The Roy Green Show. All right. Burn blue on the street, loose and complete under sky, so smoky blue green. Uh, it is a project in the national interest. Uh, it means uh, thousands of good jobs uh, in Alberta, some in BC, 
but it also means we are able to move forward on historic oceans protection and on a national plan to reduce our climate emissions and reach our uh, Paris targets. In other words, it's utopia. Darwin sends an email to Roy at RoyGreenshow.com. Trudeau already said we are a post-nation state. Good point. Mr. Trudeau said that to the New York Times six days after taking office, that he sees Canada as the first post-nation state. He also said we have no common identity in this country. But there is, and budgets, of course, will balance themselves. Looking at uh, another email, let me just have a look here um, from Kathy. Why should taxpayers have to pay for the pipeline? Kinder Morgan was paying for this project because politicians have screwed things up. We end up on the hook to pay. Yep. That's what's going to happen. That is what's going to happen. Kinder Morgan has given the deadline of May 31st to be assured that there will be no interference from the British Columbia government. Or they're pulling out. They will not fund it anymore, the pipeline. They're not going to get that assurance from Mr. Horgan. What they need is for the prime minister, what, what this country needs, and with due respect, I'm, I'm, I know I upset people in B.C. who don't want the pipeline, but it's not just British Columbia. This is a nation still of one group of people who are all Canadians. So we're not as, as, as passionate as you are about your coastline, and you should be. We are all interested in the well-being of Canada. This was the argument when Quebec wanted out. It's all for one and one for all. Mr. Horgan doesn't have the right to tell the federal government you can't build the pipeline. He wants to take it to court. Mr. Trudeau has the right to override Mr. Horgan, but he won't do it because there's an election coming up next year. So the answer is money, your money and my money. They will spend your money and my money to get involved and engaged thoroughly with the financing for Trans Mountain Pipeline. And they'll make Kinder Morgan happy or happier bring them back into the game, but it's going to cost us a hell of a lot of dough. Mike is in Maidstone, Saskatchewan. How are you, Mike? I'm well. Yourself? Good, sir. Please go ahead. Well, what's going to happen with Kinder Morgan, they couldn't be in a better place. This, this couldn't be a, more of a better situation for that company, period. Um, I see that the uh, governments are going to pour money into this, and then uh, they'll turn around in about 10 years and end up owning it at 10 cents on the dollar. And also while they're operating the uh, pipeline, too. Like, I mean, the government's not going to look after the pipeline at all. It'll be Kinder Morgan doing all of the logistics of it. And so at the end of the day, in 10 or 15 years, much like the upgrader in Lloydminster, which was paid for by Saskatchewan and Alberta government, for the most part, and then Husky bought it from them at 10 cents on the dollar. There's a method to their madness. Also, let's remember that Kinder Morgan used to be, and they took over what was left of Enron. There's, yeah. there's a rabbit hole there that will go on for days if you want to start digging deep into the uh, financial 
situation. They've made their they've made their they've made their situation quite clear. Yeah, they've made their situation clear. We are going to be paying to get them back into the game, or to no, to no. continue their 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 participation in the game, and not get them to close the book and say that's enough. We're out. Yeah. If well, they were to do with. that, if they were to do that, if they were to just say we're out of here, what's the only remaining option? Either stop the thing where it is, or the government of Canada buys the rights to it from Kinder Morgan and carries on with the with the with the building with Canadian taxpayers' dollars. There's there's there aren't any other options. Well, I can't see any other pipeline companies lining up to want to build it. Well, who's going to manage it when it's done? Though? Well, right. yeah. There's so many questions. Thank you so much for the call. Let me just play a couple of minutes for you. We'll come back to your calls. Um, let me just play a little bit of the interview that we aired yesterday with the Premier of Saskatchewan, Scott Moe, who told us that without the Trans Mountain Pipeline, it's cost this province economically $1.8 billion a year. $1.8 billion a year. So he has a very strong uh, case to make for this pipeline being built. He's not happy with the Premier of British Columbia, and he seems to be more in line and more allied with the position taken by Alberta, clearly, because if Rachel Notley, unless they've had conversations with the next Premier of Alberta, one Jason Kenney, uh, if Alberta pulls the energy switch on BC and says, you're not getting anything from us anymore. Mr. Moe said that they will, Saskatchewan being they, they will pass legislation in the prov- in the provincial uh, legislature and they will also stop providing any energy to British Columbia. That puts BC into a quandary. Here's a little bit of the conversation with uh, Premier Scott Moe and I asked him why it is, that go, but sometimes it's important to just go back to the fundamentals. Why is it important why is it important that we have this pipeline extension? Have a listen. Well, in Saskatchewan, why we need it is our, our direct impact to our economy uh, through the oil differential. Although we don't have a lot of product in that specific pipeline, by not having uh, this access to to the ports and to other markets for this product in Western Canada, in Alberta, Saskatchewan, and to Manitoba to a lesser degree, um, we're, we're facing an oil differential where we sell our product to the United States at about a $20 discount, I think, last I checked, costing our provincial government uh, through royalties in this province over a hundred million dollars each and every year costing the economy in the province of Saskatchewan about 1.8 billion each and every year just to that differential so we need this access uh, to these to these ports through this pipeline and others so that we can lower that differential and, and get the maximum value for the product that we're exporting which is our focus uh, as a government of Saskatchewan and is to constantly uh, increase that that economic value that we have here so that's our interest in this pipeline and uh, and it, it's been I would say this isn't a discussion actually between Alberta and British Columbia or Saskatchewan or anything of that nature. Pipelines have always been under the federal jurisdiction. They were enshrined in the Constitution, pipelines, rail lines, ports in 1867. This is a federal government that has approved this pipeline and it should be built and it should move ahead immediately. So no reason to have this discussion. The Prime Minister has the right to make the decision. He's apparently made the decision, so get on with it. Absolutely. Um, um, the, the Premier of British Columbia has, has no grounds to be making comments uh, on, this, on, the, on, this, uh, on the approval of this project. It's been approved and, they, and it should be built. If the situation continues as is, would you consider actually turning off the spigot for 
oil from Saskatchewan making its way to British Columbia? Well, Saskatchewan does send some energy products uh, that are utilized in British Columbia, um, and uh, Alberta would, would send a fair amount more. And I would say this, if, if Alberta is going to pass their legislation to turn the taps off, if you will, to British Columbia, um, the next logical place for British Columbia to come for that product is Saskatchewan, and, and we would pass legislation so that it wouldn't be accessible. Uh, this, this pipeline uh, should be built. It's unfortunate that it comes to a conversation such as this. Um, but, you know, at the crux of the matter is this is a national, this is a federal government decision and and they should they should move on this pipeline with whatever tools they have and I you know we'll talk about some of the tools that they're using in other areas where they actually don't have jurisdiction like such as carbon tax mm-hmm. but he, but here this begs the question our ports our rail lines our pipelines are, are under the national purview for a reason our nation was built on the construction of some of these projects and they've been very unifying projects for the nation of Canada if a province such as British Columbia is able to stop one of these projects it begs the question is, do we, do we still have a nation? You know, that question's been asked a number of times. It's a legitimate question to ask. It was asked when Quebec was edging and pushing for separation. It was a, a, legit, a legitimate question then. It's a legitimate question now. Premier Mo, what's, what's, your, what's your view of Kinder Morgan's commitment to this pipeline now? They said May 31st. They have to be assured that British Columbia will not lay any opposition to the pipeline being built. Do you think, do you have some sense that they've emotionally checked out? Well, it's concerning, and, and it, it points to a, a growing trend of, of tens of billions of dollars of investment in our energy sector, um, which is one of the cleanest in the world, and we must always remember that. Being moved, uh, being moved from Canada to, in many cases, uh, into the United States or other areas of the world, and it's a very concerning trend with some of the policy decisions that we that we have made, such as the approval of Kinder Morgan, but our, but our federal government isn't standing behind. And then there's other policy decisions as well, you know, things in the, in, in the way of carbon taxation and some of the environmental uh, regulatory changes that are coming that are causing tens of billions of dollars to move uh, south of the border. And Kinder Morgan is just seems to be another, another casualty of some of these decisions that have been made. So there's a little bit of the interview yesterday, yesterday with Scott Moe, the Premier of Saskatchewan. I want you to have a listen to this because you'll remember, you'll remember when the Prime Minister of this country said this. We can't shut down the oil sands tomorrow. Uh, We need to phase them out. We need to manage the transition off of our dependence on fossil fuels. Uh, That is going to take time. And in the meantime, we have to manage that transition. So we, 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 we can't shut them down tomorrow, but we need to phase them out, they being the oil sands, says the Prime Minister of Canada. That was in January of 2017. A week later in Alberta, he said he misspoke. This is from Terry to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Hi, Roy. I'm so tired of watching our political leaders make vomit-inducing decisions. The end game for Notley and Trudeau is to shut down the, quote, tar sands, through increasing carbon taxes to the point it's no longer economical to stay in the business. Trudeau and the UN have identified the tar sands as Canada's black eye in the international climate community. Once big oil leave, they're never coming back. But that's okay. Canadians have to suffer in order to save the planet. Roy at RoyGreenShow.com is the email address. At the Roy Green Show is my Twitter account. Follow me there. Post your thoughts and your comments, and we'll come back with more of your calls at 800-263-2428. When Premier Moe of Saskatchewan asks the question, if British Columbia can stop the pipeline, do we still have a country? Is that a legitimate question? 
And it's been asked a couple of times, how would Canada put, how would putting Canadian money into the pipeline make it happen any faster? It's a very good question. Now, if Kendra Morgan pulls out, their money's gone. Who's there to replace them? Nobody. So the only option would be for Canadians to fund either the pipeline entirely or with some kind of partnership. So let me take a break. We'll come back with more of your calls at 800-263-2428. And I can promise you next hour it's going to get very heated. Don't go away. He always got straight A's, but his report card said he talked too much. This is the Roy Green Show. When the uh, Energy East pipeline issue first began to become an imbroglio, it was just a mess, I received an email from a listener in Alberta. And I exchanged emails with this listener, and we got around to him and two of his friends who feel, and well, I, I assume they still feel similarly, that there's a question about uh, the viability of the West staying in Canada. And that program that we aired, it was 2016, I guess, um, became so energized that we ended up speaking for two weekends. It just took over everything that we had on the air. It just became dominant. Well, I got in touch with the, the three gentlemen in question earlier in the week, and they'll be joining us at the top of the next hour. And they will again make their case or ask their questions, and we'll open up the phone lines. And if it's anything like last time, it is going to be just absolutely searing hot. Leslie's in Burnaby, British Columbia. Hi, Leslie. Hi there. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Happy Sunday. Well, happy Sunday to you, too. (laughs) Um, I just wanted to call in and just say, you know, I live in Burnaby, B.C., and uh, I feel... Somehow I'm at the crux of what is the issue in British Columbia. We don't want the pipeline ending here, but I'm not necessarily opposed to a pipeline. Um, What my concern is, is what happens once the oil leaves the pipeline. Um, So the increase in tanker traffic. Um, I feel very strongly that BC, we have such a strong tourism industry. And last, uh, in 2016, we generated over $17 billion in revenue. That was $1.7 billion in tax revenue for the province alone. Um, one of the stats about, uh, that came out when they were doing this, um, the looking into the pipeline was that there was a 60% chance that all the killer whales would be dead. 60% is, I think, if you round things up like we did in public school math, uh, that's almost a 100% chance that we're going to lose the killer whales. And when we I'm sorry, you're going to, what are you going to lose? The killer whales, the orca whales. Um, they, they did some scientific research and they predicted that with the pipeline that we would not have any killer whales left. in because, because, of, because of the tanker traffic. Exactly. The increase in the tanker traffic would be detrimental to the killer whale population on the coast. Now, I mean, we're not just a province that deals with pipelines. We, like I said, we have such a big tourism industry. And, 
I mean, we deal with cruise ships, we deal with hotels, we have restaurants. And, I mean, the number of people that come in and out of B.C. for our tourism is is significant for what jobs are here. So, I mean, the jobs created by a pipeline or by this foreign company that, let's not forget who they are run by, is Enron. Um, it's just, it seems like we can't trust that they would be around if there was a spill. Leslie, let me just add, let me ask you this, please. And I appreciate the point you're making. And I was one of the tourists last year who went to British Columbia. So, but it's a national issue. It's not just BC. It's all of Canada. It is and a there, national and issue. And there's and there's and there's a there's a tremendous amount of hypocrisy involved when it comes to talking about oil coming into Canada or oil leaving Canada, because we have the tankers on the St. Lawrence River. I'm not going to go through the whole dissertation again, but the tankers on the St. Lawrence River, which would arguably also threaten a very delicate uh, environment, particularly in the gas bay, and I'm that, seems, that seems to be okay. You know, that seems to be okay with here. people. Let's refine it here. Why are we sending it off? Why aren't we becoming energy sovereign? I mean, there are so many alternatives to what we could be doing. Like what? And well, let's, uh, let's refine our oil here. If Alberta wants to invest in a pipeline and the federal government wants to invest in a pipeline, let's invest in do you have? You know what? I, I would not disagree with you at all. Let's build some refineries. But the, the paperwork and, the, and well, just the, the, the rules and the regulations that would have to be satisfied in order to build a refinery in Canada in 2018, almost insurmountable. Because there would be so much opposition to our refinery. I know, but you know what? At least we would have some control over the environmental aspect of it. I mean, if we're shipping it off, and let's not, like, it's dirty oil that we're sending off. The U.S. doesn't want, no one wants this oil that we've got. So oh, that, I, I, no, there, there are many, there are many countries that want the oil that we have. Yeah, but you know what? They are already looking at other options. So I mean, we. Can't Do you know what happens, it. Leslie? I, I have to run because we're literally yeah. out of time. But what happens is we 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 um, we assimilate. We take in information that 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 appeals to us. All of us. We all do it. We take in information that appeals to us on an issue that we feel strongly about, and sometimes to the detriment of the issue. And that's when the politicians take take over the issue and uh, games start to be played and we start to suffer because of it. I'm sorry, Leslie. I've got to take a break. We'll come back on The Roy Green Show, tell you more about the next hour and the rest of the show in a minute.